0: Welcome in, welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, sponsored by the Kansas City Beer Company. Patrick Allen, Matt Verteram. Verteram, it's a big week. It's Chiefs Raiders. It's Raider Week. Monday night football for all the world to see after the Chiefs are coming off a big win. So that's some big news. And we've got some other big news for the uh, for the podcast later in the show, a very special interview. You want to fill them in on who it is, Verderam.
1: It's Travis Kelsey. We've been teasing it. We were going to interview him on Monday, and then it got moved to Wednesday. Uh, Man, it's a busy schedule. It actually got moved to his birthday. So uh, kind enough to take about 15, 20 minutes with us. On his birthday, I got to talk to him. We talked all things. Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs offense. We talked about him and his brother, uh, what it would mean to be in the Hall of Fame. And I asked him point blank if he thinks he's the greatest tight end of all time. He had a really interesting answer. I also enjoyed asking him about an infamous penalty he took in 2016 against Jacksonville, where he threw his flag or he threw his towel as a flag at the official. Uh, and he had a chuckle at that and a pretty good answer. So uh, he was great. We're really uh, thankful that he he carved out the time to, to come on and speak with us. Uh, and, I, and I hope everybody enjoys your interview.
0: Yeah, we're really excited um, from the podcast that brought you Brett Veach, Alex Smith, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We now uh, have a friend of the show, Chris Jones, now a friend <laughs> of the show and, and uh, Travis Kelsey. We're always excited when we get these opportunities and appreciate Chiefs and everybody that some of the players work with that make this possible for us to to get you guys this exclusive content. If you like exclusive content, you could have seen this interview already. Uh, In fact, it, it went out to our members a little bit earlier today. We've got three membership tiers here at the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. If that's something you're interested in, we're building a great community. There's a private Discord where we all hang out and watch football. We'll be on there tonight for Thursday night football. And you get uh, invitations to special events and things like this. You get exclusive content early before everybody else. It's pretty cool. So if you're interested in that, check out the link in the description or go to arrowheadaddict.com slash memberships. Consider becoming a member. There's three levels Uh, So there's something for everybody. Um, All right. Before we get into all this and the game against the Raiders, you had a report today, Vert that chief uh, Chiefs fans should be interested in. So why don't you fill us in on that?
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking to a source today, my understanding is Trent McDuffie, who's eligible to come off of injured reserve for week six against the bills. There's a decent chance that he's able to play against Buffalo. The chiefs want to see him next week in practice uh, and see how that hamstring responds, make sure it's going uh, okay. Once he's out on the field, he's cutting and running in the practice setting. But my understanding is they're really happy with the way he's progressing. Uh, and there's a real chance that he does play against Buffalo and a couple hours after after I reported that Andy Reed had his press conference and he talked about the fact that yes, um, essentially the report is, is accurate. McDuffie uh, is coming along well. And there's a shot that he's going to play against the Bills. So, yeah, you know, I tried to reach out and do a little digging this week, knowing that he was going to be uh, available to come off the IR. And you never know with some of those things. Sometimes guys can play right away. Sometimes they they sit on IR for a few extra weeks as they're kind of rehabbing and getting back. But it sounds as though McDuffie, you know, it's, it's going to be it's going to be very plausible that he plays against Buffalo again. I want to see how the week goes. Uh, but – all signs uh, trending upward for McDuffie, who, who certainly should be back sooner rather than later, and potentially against Josh Allen and company.
0: That's good news for a defense that's already playing well. Uh, and again, if you like exclusive content, Verderam here—he's he's got sources, he's plugged in, he talks to people uh, all around the NFL, but in the Chiefs as well. So you know, sometimes you might get information a little bit early on this podcast. Uh, as, as, as you saw, Verderam tweeted this out, and then later that uh, in the day, Andy Reid confirmed it. So another reason to to be involved with the Arrowhead Attic Podcast and what we're doing here. Um, speaking of what we're doing here, uh, what we'll be doing hopefully on Monday night in our victory party is drinking some Kansas City beer. Our sponsors, at KC Beer Co. on Twitter. KC Beer Co., largest independent brewery in Kansas City. They are focused on German styles, and it's Oktoberfest this weekend in Kansas City. The Chiefs don't play until Monday night, so make sure you head out to Oktoberfest and visit our friends at the Kansas City Beer Company. Try their stuff. It's fantastic. Their dunkel's really great. I got to have their Fest beer when I went out there for the Chiefs-Bills playoff game last year, and I got to meet uh, Steve, one of the owners of the company, and um, I'm Katie Kamlin, our good friend uh, who does marketing over there for them. I was drinking those Fest beers like me and Sterling were going all in on the Fest beer. We loved it. And that's where I got this, uh, this hoodie right here, which is pretty rad. So you can get some KC Beer gear as well. We appreciate their support so much. You'll be seeing their ads on the on the website this year and all that. So give them a shout out on Twitter at KC Beer Co. Let them know you heard about their product on our podcast and dare to beer different. All right. So here's the the schedule. We're going to preview Chiefs Raiders. Then we're going to play the. Interview with Travis Kelsey, so stick around for that. You don't want to go anywhere, and then we'll give you our final score predictions, and we'll finish things up with some listener reviews. This is a podcast. After a while, after all, give us a five star review on Apple. Okay, so Chiefs Raiders Verderham, I the, the line on this one is Chiefs minus seven, um, which is not the biggest line of the of the week in the NFL, but it's a big one. And the over under is fifty one. Uh, as as our third co host. The lovely Maisie comes into frame, Rand's daughter. If you are not watching on YouTube, Uh hey everybody, give us a thumbs up on YouTube for Maisie, uh, who is, as I hear it, she's becoming quite the the Chiefs fan and the, the quite the Patrick yes. Mahomes fan.
1: Yes, your goal is to, yes, uh, thumbs up from Maisie, Patrick uh, Mahomes. There you go. Her goal in life now is to meet Patrick Mahomes. She was very annoyed get- that interviewed. She was annoyed I interviewed Kelsey and did not uh, let her hang out and talk to Travis Kelsey, so yeah, um yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah so she's party. uh she's very involved. She's watching all the football games with me these days she's gonna be watching Thursday Night football with me, Colts Broncos, which uh, might challenge football everybody's party now. football party all right, you thank you <laughs> um all righty, so it she's uh. She's all in. She's uh, she's she's become uh, quite a big football fan. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a very interesting game. Look, I was actually surprised, frankly, the lines not higher. I thought the line might be something like eight, eight and a half. It's seven, seven and a half. span where you look. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's going to be a really look. I think it should go over the total, and I think the Chiefs listen. If you look at Mahomes' career, and I have a feature coming out of this tomorrow actually on fanside.com, Mahomes has just destroyed the Raiders in his career. So if that holds true to form, the Chiefs should be in pretty good shape.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting game. I think the Chiefs should be big favorites. I mean, this is a team in the Raiders that's coming in. They're 1-3. and three. Just to give you guys the primer, right. they lost to the Chargers in Week 1, 24 to 24-19. They lost an overtime tilt to a team the Chiefs murdered in Week 1, the Cardinals, 29-23 to 23 in OT. And then... Uh, they lost to the Titans, who had have not been playing great either, twenty four to twenty two, and got their first win over the Broncos, thirty two to twenty three last week. And while that might seem like a pretty convincing win for the Raiders, if you actually watch the game or you go and you look at the the game flow, this was actually a pretty close game. And the the, the Raiders were fortunate enough to get a, a fumble return for a touchdown and they were able to put it away late. They did have some, some drives. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about their offense, but so this is a, you know, this is a team they are averaging 24 points per game. Their opponents are averaging right. 25. So now can you look at this program? I don't think this is a good football team, but can you look at their, at their losses so far this season and be like, Hey, I mean, they were in these games. Like they're not getting murdered in these games. Is yeah. this a
1: potential trap game for the chiefs? I don't think it's a trap game. I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. But like th- these games are they're weird games. Okay. The Titans were beating up on the Raiders for a lot of the game. Then the Raiders for their credit came back, and made it really close. And if they'd gotten a two-point conversion, they would have tied the game and potentially sent it to overtime. The Cardinals game is a disaster. The Raiders were up 20 to nothing at halftime. They were up twenty-three to seven with halfway through the fourth quarter, and they blew that game. And then the the Chargers game's a little weird. Like I watched that Chargers race game. In fact, I've watched every Raiders game except for the Titans, which I'm actually planning on doing either tonight or tomorrow. The Raiders were handily beaten in that game for most of the game. The Chargers, in, in typical Chargers fashion, just could not figure out a way to put them out of their misery. So they actually almost blew the game despite Carr throwing three picks. Like, I think this is going to be one of these games where if Kansas City executes, I think the Chiefs are fine. Like, I, I just I don't see a path defensively for the Raiders if the Chiefs execute where they hold the Chiefs under 30 some odd points. The, the path becomes if the Chiefs turn the ball over, they take penalties. They play like they did against Indianapolis. Now, the Raiders are better than Indianapolis. Don't get me wrong. But the Raiders aren't as good as the Chargers. They're not as good as the Buccaneers. I think they're about as good as the Cardinals, quite honestly. I think they're about an 8-9 to nine win team. The Chiefs should win this game. The reason I don't think it's a trap game is, did you see the, um the well, not just the audio, but did you see the video of Mahomes in the locker room after the Bucs game?
0: I did not. Uh, oh, yes. And he said, you know who's up next. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that that implies that they are not um, sleeping on the Raiders. The fact that he wasn't even addressed from the Bucs game and was immediately like, well, we know we're playing. Look, we all know he takes things somewhat personally. The Raiders, two different times at Arrowhead in the last two years, have done something to piss them off. The first time was they drove a bus around the stadium. By the way, they've not beat the Chiefs <laughs> since they did that. Secondly, uh, last year, Yannick Ngakwe was dancing around on the logo before the game with some of his teammates, and then the Raiders up beat 48-9. to nine. So I, I like, this is, because it's a rivalry game and it's Monday Night Football at home, I don't think they'll overlook it. If it was a noon game, maybe I'd be a little bit concerned about that. Not in prime time and not after the way things have gone there the last two years with the Raiders.
0: I always get a little weirded out about division games, but not about... <laughs> when we play the Raiders um, just because the Chiefs have pretty much thoroughly dominated them. Even Denver, who the Chiefs have, have really dominated, it, it, those games tend to be a little bit closer, or at least they it have is. traditionally, even though the Chiefs have been winning. Whereas these things are... By the way, man, that the Raiders dancing on the logo and how that game went is maybe one of my favorite games. and Absolutely moments. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah, just hilarious. There were all these pictures. You know, the photographer ran out there. And, and, and it was just, I remember I, I did, I put a tweet together after that game. And it was, it was like one of those, uh, those gallery articles, you know, uh, five horrifying pictures taken right. right before disaster. And I yeah. had the, the Raiders picture in there. And then I had the, um, the chargers from that Thursday night football game when they went down there yeah. and posed. And then of course the 49ers from the Super yep. Bowl And it's just kind of hilarious that the chiefs have racked up so many of those moments where teams just uh, they get a little out over their skis. Um, our guy in the chat, Sam, says every game is a trap game for the Chiefs because, as good as they are, the best they have the ability to just not show up. I think that goes for any NFL team, right? I mean, how many juggernaut NFL teams are out there that just every week they're on top of their game?
1: Well, you know what? The thing that makes it hard for the Chiefs is because they're the Chiefs; they're getting everybody's best shot every week. Now that's true anyway in divisional games. Okay, I mean, divisional games are always going to be up for those games, but the Chiefs are never you know, the, the Chiefs are never going to be slept on by the other team. Right. Like you're not going to get the Titans coming into Kansas City in week nine going, yeah, probably sleepwalk through this one and get to W. Right? I mean, you like if you're one of those teams, you know, if you don't show up, you don't play your best, you're going to be humiliated. Like so you you have to bring your A game. I, I think in this game, after what happened with. the, I, OK, so I have a theory that I actually laid out with Ben Heisler earlier today. And my, my thought is, by the way, Evan, thank you, man. Jeez. Uh, thank you for the super chat. That is very nice of you. Really, really appreciate you. Evan, uh, he's, he's he's risen up the uh, ranks with uh, with flapjack.
0: He's yeah, it's a, getting it's un- getting competitive out That's there. That's right. We got the right. best. I say, I we got the best damn supporters of any podcast I can think of. Absolutely no, incredible, no doubt. Thank you so
1: much, man. Appreciate it. I threw a, a theory out with Heisler where I actually think this is a horrible time to play Kansas City because yes, they beat Tampa. But it's also fresh enough in their minds what happened in Indianapolis. So, like, you you have the worst of both worlds if you're the Raiders. Like, the Chiefs feel really good about themselves because they just pounded the best defense in football. But they also are less than two weeks removed from what happened in Indianapolis. So there's, like, this, this combination of we're really confident, but we also know we can't let down. And so I, I think they're going to be pretty dialed in for this game. You never know. You never know. I mean, every game's unto itself. But... You're right when you say, like, Denver, even though the Chiefs have beaten them a million times in a row now, a lot of those games are fairly close. The Chiefs just make a play or two, and they find a way to beat them. They have just pounded the Raiders. Absolutely pounded them over and over. Like I said, I have a feature coming out tomorrow morning, at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I went through and charted Mahomes' games, and actually also Kelsey's games with Mahomes against the Raiders, and they're they're just ridiculous. The numbers are hilarious. It's almost like a video game when you, like, crank down the difficulty. So – the Raiders are going to have to bring it, and if they don't, give me another landslide.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's. I think it's almost, in a sense, I wonder if it's a trap game for the Raiders. Not that like the Chiefs are a team that they should beat, but you start uh, off 0-3, right? Right. And then you get a win over a division rival, and you're feeling yourself. Like, oh, okay, we got it figured out. We got off the schneid. We got over the hump. And you're really not that good. And now you're running into a buzzsaw. Like, they, the, the, you know, the closest that they've played to a team, any, anywhere close to the Chiefs level, is the Chargers. And as you so uh, smartly pointed out, the Chargers have the ability to... You, you want to talk about the Chiefs playing down to their competition? The Chargers almost lost to the Texans for a minute there. I mean, yes. they're they're just... And and this is like a yearly thing with them. I don't get it. Like, we talk about how talented their roster is. They've got great play. I know they've had a lot of injuries. They're decimated. But still... You look at their their roster, and even with the injuries, they still have a ton of really great players. They have a good quarterback, I know he's banged up, but I mean, it's just my god. Year after year, it's the same thing with them. Not to go on a Chargers tangent, but like, no, why the true. hell can't they consistently with different? They change coaches. Like, what, what like it's just the same team over and over. Again.
1: Well, again, that Chargers Raiders game in Week One. Not that we have to go down the rabbit hole here, but Herbert was twenty six of thirty four for two hundred and seventy nine yards and three touchdowns. cards threw three picks. The Chargers didn't turn the ball over at all. The Chargers only had five penalties for 21 yards against them. Like, all that, you'd be like, wow, they killed them. Nope, barely won the game. Like, barely were able – in the first half, they were pulling away, pulling away, pulling away, and all of a sudden, like – and the funny thing is, at the end of the day, like, the yardage was close. Like, the Chargers only beat them out, 355 to 320. The, the first downs were identical, 18 apiece. The, the time possession, the Chargers had a five-minute advance, nothing huge. The Raiders actually had more yards per play in the game. That was 5.7. It's not exactly a tour de force. Look, I think in this game, this is going to come down to – a, the Chiefs just executing what they're trying to execute. If they do that, they're fine. Number two, to me, the only re- the only reasonable path for the Raiders in this game defensively is just to get pressure on Mahomes with four guys. And if they and, and I, that's a lot of weeks, okay? But it's especially true of the Raiders, who Perriman didn't practice today with a, with a concussion. Defensively, with, if he doesn't play, it's Max Crosby and it's Chandler Jones. And Chandler Jones this year through five games has eight tackles and no sacks. The Raiders have five sacks as a team. Crosby has four of them. So, look, if you can neutralize Crosby, the rest of that defense does not scare you. The Chiefs have matchups all over the field they can win. They just have to execute. Um, And defensively, look, they are more challenged there because the Raiders do have real talent on offenses at the skill positions, and the Chiefs are going to have to be able to handle business. But the, the Chiefs are the better team. The Chiefs are better in all three phases of the game. They have better defense. They have better offense. They have better special teams, and they're they're much better coached. So the Chiefs have, and they're at home. I mean, the Chiefs have every advantage you could possibly want to have.
0: If you're just joining us, we are previewing the Chiefs Raiders Monday Night Football game. We see we have Travis Kelsey coming up, recorded interview from earlier. Um, so you don't want to miss that. Make sure you stick around. Travis Kelsey interview still to come, but let's talk about these uh, these bums, the Las Vegas Raiders, for a little bit longer. So this is a team, Verdamned. You know, as I mentioned, averaging twenty-four points per game—not terrible, uh, not great, not terrible. They're middle of the pack in most offensive, on, off, uh, offensive metrics. Interestingly enough, the Chiefs are giving up twenty-four points per game, and the Raiders giving up twenty-five. Interesting note here: the takeaways, Chiefs four, Raiders three. Giveaways, Chiefs four, Raiders five. They've been turning the ball over a lot. Carr has got an interception. Uh, he's got four. So he's basically averaging one pick a game. Right. I think that's definitely been hurting the Raiders. Is this another game where the Chiefs turn over the Raiders? They've also, I, by the way, I don't remember the exact number when I was doing prep for the podcast. They've fumbled a crap ton of times. I think they've only, I think they've fumbled six times and only lost one. So they're not, uh, they don't seem like they're ready for the season. Do you think the Chiefs caused some turnovers in this game?
1: They could. The Chiefs are somewhat due because defensively, they haven't caused a ton. Now they did cause one on special teams last week, of course course, and then they did it, the sneed strip fumble, and they had one against Indy, one against the Chargers. So they've had one in each of the last three games on, on defense. But you know what? That one stat about, and I've seen this all over the place, oh, the Chiefs' defense isn't good. They're averaging, giving up 24 points a game. So I went through and I stripped out garbage time, which I defined as when the Chiefs were in the fourth quarter and leading by multiple scores, or double digits, excuse me. And I had a little Twitter thread. I'll just read it verbatim. Everybody's talking about the Chiefs' offense right now, but a quick mini thread in the defense. Currently, and this was two days ago, currently the Chiefs defense ranks top six in sacks, pressures, pressure rate, quarterback knockdown rate, hurry rate, average depth of target, which they're first in, and yards allowed. They're eighth in yards per play against. But here's what's wild. If, If you strip out, that's, by the way, that includes everything, those numbers. That includes garbage time. But here's what's wild. Strip out garbage time, and these are the numbers and where they'd rank. Yards per play, they'd rank fifth at 4.7 against. Points allowed per game, they'd only be giving up 17 points per game, fifth in the league. Yards per drive, 27.2, that'd be seventh in the league. Points per drive, 1.84, that'd be 14th. So, yes, the Chiefs have had uh, 24 points against and all that stuff. But if you actually look at when these games have been remotely in doubt, the Chiefs' defense has been excellent.
0: Yeah, that's, and, and that's, that, that's box score warriors who haven't watched the game, right? They don't know what, what the game flow was, that the Chiefs blew, you know, blew out the Cardinals, had a big lead. Now, look, can they give up some points? Yeah, like the, the Chiefs play, if you haven't figured this out in this Steve Spagnuolo era, they play a bit of a bend, but don't break defense, right? They're trying to avoid giving up the big play. They know, and I think part of that's Spagnuolo knows what he's got on the offensive side of the football. He knows he has Patrick Mahomes. He knows he has Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. He knows that team's going to be able to score points. You know, if he can hold teams to field goals, get a couple stops, there's a pretty damn good chance that the Chiefs are going to win the football game. This is a game, when it comes to the big play, I think that's the biggest worry for the Chiefs on defense, right? The Raiders have Devontae Adams. Derek Carr likes to take the deep shot. The Raiders traditionally love to take those deep shots. Always have. Uh, So the Chiefs, they've got to make sure that Adams doesn't burn them do you think this this young secondary up to the challenge of keeping Devontae Adams in check a little bit?
1: Yeah, I do because they I, look. I think Derek Carr is actually a good player. I really do. I think he's I think he's underrated. Um, I think he's better than people realize. I also think that Derek Carr is the third or fourth best player or for third or fourth best quarterback they face this year. Herbert and Brady are both better than him, and I, I'd say Murray. I mean, it's a different style right? Obviously, Murray's much more of a scrambler, and he can elude you, and he's got a bigger arm, but he's also a little bit more erratic than Carr. Obviously, is better than Matt Ryan. Look, so I will give it to you right out of the, the feature that I'm I'm posting tomorrow. The Chiefs are 7-1 with Mahomes against the Raiders. The only game that the Chiefs lost, they allowed 40 points. It was the only game they lost that mattered at all to them in 2020. And in that game, Carr completed passes of 23 42, 46, 59 and 72 yards. I mean, that's why they lost to him. And there was a run in there of like 43 yards. So, look, it, you want to win the game, don't give up explosive plays. And I think if you're if you're the Chiefs, to me this entire game, by the way, Evan, that's hilarious. He says Rams only thinks Carr is good because he's on his fantasy team. Actually, no, my fantasy team is 1 and 3. Carr's been a par- problem uh, for me. So, uh but that that's funny. I think if you're if you're the Chiefs, you have to say to yourselves, we cannot let him get over the top. You just can't. Like, If it's going to stay underneath fine, make make that offense go 12 and 14 plays. Make them do it. I, I don't know why you would think they can. They they have not scored 30 points as an offense this whole year. And I know you're probably thinking, well, they scored 32 against Denver. They had a scooping score for a touchdown. They have not scored 30 points as an offense all year long. So if I'm the Chiefs, I'm thinking to myself, like I'm probably getting a 30 in this game. Play over the top, force Carr to take the underneath throws. And if you do that, I think you're fine in the
0: game. I want to challenge you a little bit on that. Just just this, that against the Broncos, who I think the defense has been pretty solid this year, yeah. they, had an, they had an 11 play 60 yard drive, but it ended in a field goal, right? Another 11 play 75 yard drive ended yep. in a field goal. Uh, Which against play, the Chiefs,
1: they might as well punt the ball through the end zone, but that's right. Go ahead.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they had a 10 play 77 yard drive and a 6 play 38. Oh, and then another 10 play 78. So that's, that's, Four drives of 10 or more plays. How many points did those uh,
1: drives result in?
0: They all resulted in all of those long drives resulted in field goals. Yeah, they'll get beat by 30 points if that happens. Right. See, that's my
1: point, though. They drove, but they couldn't finish the drive. Right. And also, by the way, you probably have it in front of you. Josh Jacobs had his best game of the day. What did he run for in that game? 140 yards, something like that? 150? 28 carries, 144, two touches. Okay. The Chiefs are the number one rushing defense in the NFL. And the Chiefs also have an offense that precludes you from just running the ball and running the ball and running the ball. I will be floored if the Raiders run the ball anywhere near that extent against Kansas City. You can do that against Denver because Denver can't pull away. They can't score a point. Against Kansas City, you can't sit there and just pound the ball and pound the ball. By the way, too, the one thing about the Chiefs so far this year, and even though Gay's out, Harris has been really good when he's been in there at this, and, and is really getting better at this. The Chiefs are a brutal team to run against all of a sudden. Jones is having the best year, I think, of his entire career through four games. You have Nadi inside. Saunders is playing really well. Karloftis is really good against the run. Say whatever you want. Look, Frank Clark's got his deficiencies. He's good against the run. Always has been. Bolton's always downhill, right? Like All of a sudden, this is a really hard team to run the ball against. And I think part of the reason the Raiders were able to do that is they were able to just stay on schedule the whole game. If Kansas city shuts Jacobs down and it's becoming second and eight and third and seven, good night. I think for the chiefs, that's the key in the game. I know that sounds old school, but defensively, look, you cannot let Jacobs get going in this game. You've got to be able to press that line force some, force some wide, then shoot gaps and tackle. And if you can do that, and you start putting the Raiders in a spot where Carr's got to drop back on second and long and third and long, first of all, Spagnuolo can then blitz. Secondly, while I do respect the Raiders' weapons, they have excellent weapons, their offensive line is terrible. The Chiefs should be able to get home on these these downs and distances where they know they can just pin their ears back. So you shut down Jacobs, I think it becomes a very long night for the Raiders if they can't get the explosive play.
0: When it comes to this Chiefs, run defense revival which man i gotta be honest with you i can't remember the last time we had a really strong run defense on the chiefs they've they've, they've struggled for a while how much of this is and and let's also keep in mind that they've been playing without willie gay jr how much of this is do you think related to nick bolton because the players in inside are pretty much the same
1: um i i think there's I think there's a lot of different things. So, by the way, the injury report just came out. Uh, the only man who did... not Well, actually, all right. So, hold on. Let me preface this because everybody's going to have a stroke here if I don't preface this. Creed Humphrey missed the practice for personal reasons. He's not hurt. He did not practice today. Okay, so he not an injury, just didn't practice. He's just personal. Butker's the only guy who didn't practice because of an injury. Uh, he missed uh, because of the ankle. Trey Smith, peck injury. He's limited, but if he's limited on Wednesday, he should be fine. Everybody else is full. Sneed was... Full Dana Fortune. By the way, Dana being full, unless he has a step back, he should be fine. Hardman's full to start the week. That's a, that's a good sign. MVS full. Who, if you remember, is questionable last week. So that, that's great. So the Chiefs, other than Bucker, looking like they're they're getting there. And Matthew Wright actually was was very good. So you feel a little bit better with him than you do Amendola. As far as the question, Patrick, look, I think I think it's a few things. I think one of the, one of the things is New Deal line coach and Joe Collins. Uh, I think I like the way they they are a at least to the eye. Now, maybe they would say that this is not true, but to the eye, it seems like they're more of an aggressive downhill attacking defense. And, and and part of that is the linebackers, like it is Bolton. But part of that is I really think like you've seen Saunders blossom this year. He's played really well, like really well. Um, I think Karloftis being there against the run, he's played very well against the run. Mike Dana, before he got hurt, was playing really well. Mike Dana had 10 pressures in two games. Carlos Dunlap is good against the run. So it's a lot of the, it's new guys coming in. It's older guys stepping up. But I also think they are a little bit more aggressive downhill. I'll tell you, the one thing that really excites me about them defensively is when they get McDuffie back, which could be next week, and when they get Gay back, which will be against San Francisco, who's the weak link on this team defensively? Who's the guy who you're like, we're going after that guy? You know, and and no. if you're spag, you're sitting there going, I know we're young on, in the secondary, but we can play man, and we can blitz and feel fine about it. Sneed is Sneed is having, honest to God, an all-pro level season at, at, at slot corner. Like I don't, I'm not saying he'll be an all-pro, but he is playing that well. And then you have McDuffie and Watson with Fenton rotating in. You have the two safeties. I think, I think they're just more aggressive because they're more confident in their back end, and I think the coaching up front has changed some things for these guys.
0: Very excited about this game. So what we've got coming up is uh, we're going to give you our keys to the game and uh and we'll give you our final score predictions and we'll do that at the end of the podcast but right now we're going to take a pause from talking about the raiders and we're gonna we're gonna do a little interview with travis kelsey uh pre-recorded the man's busy you got to get him when you can get him you know we, we tried to get him to show up live for the show for you all but uh i think you guys understand so um our guy richard our producer is going to roll that interview for you vertram did this uh, a couple days ago and we'll see on the other side and we'll break down what travis had to say
1: Welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I'm Matt and We're joined by a very special guest. The guest who's actually celebrating his birthday today, at the tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey. Travis, how are you?
2: Matt, how's it going, man? 33 hasn't felt any better. I'll tell you what, it's my first day being 33, and it's a great day because we, uh, we got a win on Sunday, man. Yeah, you know, what are you uh, doing for your birthday? You got anything special cooked up? Uh, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not a big uh, birthday celebrator. I um I always feel like it's just the most awkward day in the world for me because everyone's reaching out, um, and I'm always focused on uh, football in October. So, just trying to get back to everybody that's that's reaching out and telling me happy birthday. That's all I got planned on my agenda.
1: Gotcha. Well, you mentioned the game on Sunday, forty-one thirty-one. You guys go into Tampa Bay and get the win, and for you. Uh, you became uh, a top five all-time leader in, in receiving yardage for a tight end. You moved past Rob Gronkowski to get in the fifth. You're closing in on on Shannon Sharp, who's fourth, just over 10,000. And you talked about after the game, you're a little bit emotional about what it meant to you. And I'm I'm curious, when you stop and you think about what you've accomplished and where your career has gone and where it continues to go, uh, do you feel like you're the greatest of, of all time at what you do? And, and if not, who would you put
2: in that category with you? Without feeling, you know, or not, without telling anybody, you know, that, uh, that I'm the best, I do feel like I bring something to the table that, uh, that people haven't seen in the NFL. And I'll just leave it at that. I don't like to brag or talk who's better here or there because um, it's such a team sport that it's hard to, you know, individually point out people's success or how good somebody is or compare somebody to another, to another player. I just go out there and I have fun, man. I have a blast playing for the guys uh, in that building, for the for the community that is Kansas City. Um, it is such an honor to be on that list. It was an honor when I was in sixth place behind Gronk. Uh, it's it's and it's just uh, it's so cool to be on that list with uh, with the greatest that have ever played this game, man. And uh, I'm just very fortunate that I've been in the situation that I have been in Kansas City to uh, to be able to have the success. Statistically and uh, in the win loss column,
1: what's the part of your game that you're most proud of?
2: Um, I I put a lot of pride in getting open no matter what, uh, no matter what the coverage is, no matter what the uh, how many people they're doubling me or whether they're doubling me, whether it's man coverage, whether it's zone coverage. You know, I I, I feel like I I can always run my route to get open for the quarterback uh, and to get open to make the big play and um, the big time moments are, are what I uh, I think I, I find pride in the most. And uh, that's why when you saw me tweet out uh, after the Colts game on how I need to be more accountable, because I know there was a time in that game that I had a drop that I could have catapulted our team into, into winning that game. And, um, you know, that's where I put the most of my pride is uh, in in those big time moments, uh, making those big time plays for us.
1: You know, you mentioned the, the quarterback play you've had in Kansas city, obviously starting with Alex Smith, but now with Patrick Mahomes over the last handful of years. And you guys have such a great relationship on the field, but really, what fascinates me is you guys have such a great relationship away from it as well, whether you guys playing golf, you're the Stanley Cup Final, you're in the Final Four, whatever the case may be. And I'm, I'm just curious, how has that relationship gone from, a hey, Patrick's coming into the building in 2017 to now you guys seemingly being so close? And What is that relationship like for you away from the football field?
2: Um, to be honest, it was, uh, it was very genuine, and, it, and it's, been, it's been an absolute blast to get to know Pat and his family and all of his friends uh, since he's been in the league. Um, I can honestly say that I'm, I'm close enough to where Pat's family now, man. He's, uh, you know, I, I know everybody in his life and he knows everyone in mine. And it's, it's, been, a, it's been a cool relationship to build both professionally on the field um, as well as, you know, off the field. And uh, I think uh, you see us uh, in, in the offseason have a lot of fun together because we're, we're into a lot of the same things like golf uh, and, uh, and going to other sporting events or, or concerts and things like that. And it's, uh, I think relationships uh, go hand in hand, good relationships off the field uh, go hand in hand for your relationship on the field, man. And when you know a guy uh, personally, um, the more I've gotten to know Juju, the more I've gotten to know Marquez and, uh, and Skyler or even Hartman uh, uh, Hardman uh, over the past three, four years. Um, the more I get to know those guys, uh, the better we play. And uh, the more I want to f- I want to fight for that guy next to me um, And this. You can say the same about uh, a guy like Clyde Edwards, alaire um, my brother. And, uh, and and even the, the, the guy, the, the, the rookie in his in his running back room and uh, Isaiah Pacheco, um, the more we get to know each other, uh, the more you want to play for the guy next to you because you just appreciate who they are as people. And um, and sure enough, the Chiefs have been able to bring in a lot of great great character guys uh, over the past years.
1: You mentioned all those different guys, all those new faces, MVS, Juju, Pacheco, Sky Moore, the list goes on and on. You guys really, for the most part, in the Mahomes era, if you want to call it that, since 2018, and you, it's been you, it's been Patrick, it's been Tyreek Hill, at least to the outside world, and Sammy Watkins having a big part in that, and of course, Coach Reed. But so many new faces this year. And you guys come out in week one and you score 44 points, and it seems so easy against Arizona. And the next two weeks, even though know you beat the Chargers. The offense kind of goes and stops and starts. The Colts game was a real frustrating game, I'm sure, for you guys. And then you come out against the number one defense in football, a defense that had, that had only allowed 27 points total the first three weeks, and you guys had 28 by halftime. Do you feel that it's starting to fall into place with all those new faces? Not only just, you know, understanding each other on the field, but as you mentioned, kind of away from it. Do you feel like that game kind of symbolized maybe a little bit of a turning point now that you're starting to get to know each other a bit more?
2: 100%, man. And uh, everybody felt it after that game. That was one of the funnest games that I've ever played in because of how much success we had across the board. You know, we were running the ball, unbelievable. We were Pat was making crazy plays left and right. Everybody felt like they had a piece of the pie in terms of touching the ball and making a play. Three tight ends scored. You know, it's, it was just, it was all around, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It felt like we were clicking. You know, the offensive line played their tail off, um, was out there just moving, controlling the line of scrimmage. And um, when it's that fun against a great team, um, you get a little bit closer together as a team, and you and you start to f- start to really build that beast uh, of what you can be and uh, the expectations that you set for yourself. And uh, I think we found that mold uh, throughout their work week last week. I think uh, the, the attention to detail, um, the focus that we had in terms of the game plan and how we think that they're going to approach uh, defending us, um, we found w- exactly what that looks like. And as long as we keep that mentality of wanting to get better and wanting to be perfect or at least strive for, strive for perfection, um, I think we're, we're going to be an unbelievable team uh, throughout the rest of the season.
1: You know, I wanted to ask you one more quick one on Mahomes. I asked Alex Smith this when we had him on the podcast earlier this year, and he gave a pretty funny answer. Like Patrick Mahomes seems like, at least from afar, a guy who does nothing wrong. He was a great baseball player. He's a great football player. Seems like a, a, a wonderful person. But I asked Alex Smith, look, give me one thing that Patrick Mahomes is terrible at. Give me one thing. <laughs> and he's like, look, man, he can't order a steak. It's a disaster. Take the man out to dinner. Ordering a steak is a train wreck. You know him as well as anybody. What is the one thing that you can give Pat a little bit of crap for for not actually being great at?
2: Uh, um, I don't know, man. It's uh, that's pretty funny right there. I would say I would say he's gotten a lot better at uh, at ordering steaks from his rookie year till now. <laughs> um, he, he just he knows which uh, he knows to get that wagyu every time. Um, I, honestly, man, there's not much that I've seen that Pat uh, is terrible at, man.
0: Man, I'm
2: trying to think of it in my head and I just can't figure anything that's uh that's worth saying. The guy's uh the guy's got a good knack at uh, at just about everything, especially everything competitive. Uh the more reps that he gets, he just finds ways to to win, man.
1: You know, I, I would ask if he's as good of a basketball player as he, as he thinks he is, but but Brett Veach put a stop to that. So I can't really yeah, he, even go there. He
2: put a stop. He put a stop to that on uh, on the court, man. He was out there hooping and balling on him uh, this past Sunday. He had, I think he hit him with a, a drop step, spin move, sidestep, fade away there for uh, one of the touchdowns. So uh, he, he's still he's still out there practicing his basketball moves.
1: You know, actually, so I I meant to ask that earlier. So that play, which is now gone all over the world since, since Mahomes decided to put a spin move on Devin White. Like, from your perspective, what are you thinking as that play is going on and then obviously ends up in the end zone? You
2: just got to know that even though it looks like he's about to get tackled, you got to keep trying to find a way to get open. Because he's he's unbelievable. He's Magic Mahomes for a reason, man. He can, he can find his way out of anything, uh, be able to keep a play alive, as well as, uh, you know, Extend plays to make them even bigger than what they were designed to be, and uh, that's that's there's sort of so much fun in playing with a guy like that because you know that uh, that you can steal yards or you can steal momentum and energy from a team because those those kind of plays when they're successful are just daggers to the defense.
1: Yeah, a few more questions here with uh, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey in the Arrowhead Act Podcast. I wanted to ask you: you have a new podcast, New Heights, with Jason Travis Kelsey, of course, with your brother. Yeah, you know, he is. Probably winding down in his career, doesn't you know? Maybe a year or two left. But one of the one of the great offensive linemen of his era, and I'm curious. Uh, you know, this is a, a question for the future, but I don't know if you've ever really sat down and pondered it. What would it mean to eventually be in the Hall of Fame with him? I mean, there, there are very few brothers who've ever played together in the NFL period, in, in any way, shape, or form. Let alone be as dominant as the two as the two of you have been. Have you ever stopped and thought about the fact that like there might come a time where you're at each other's inductions in Canton?
2: Man, I um, I can't even fathom it, man. To be honest, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. I played hockey growing up, and 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 a lot of my hockey and baseball, or really, I want to just say hockey. I played a lot of sports growing up, and traveled all throughout Northeast Ohio to 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 play sports. And I would always drive past Canton, Ohio, and the Hall of Fame. It it would be an unbelievable honor, but it would be such a full circle for me to be and to, for me to end up there. And I wouldn't be here in this position if it wasn't for my brother. It's the reason why I wear the number 87. I, uh, I, I believe that without him, without being able to follow his footsteps, without being able to go through this journey without my brother, I wouldn't be in the situation that I'm in today. So I, I think uh, to to start in Cleveland right there, uh, and to end in uh, in Canton with my brother would be uh, it would it would all, it would make everything football wise come full circle and uh, and definitely be the most satisfying and, uh, and coolest day of my life if that ever happened.
1: You know, I got to ask you a couple of quick ones here. First of all, you've become a real leader on the team, uh, you know, in, in the last handful of years, especially, you know, you, early on in your career, I think it's fair to say you were a little emotionally volatile on the field where <laughs> if things didn't go well, maybe it showed a little bit. Um, you've become such such a, a stabilizing force in the team. But I got to ask you, I have to ask you this question. In 2016, you guys played the Jaguars, and you took a penalty in that game. that I just looked on YouTube. It has over 400,000 views where a flag was thrown on you. You then maybe became the only player in NFL history It's all flag on an official. Hats went flying. You got tossed. In that moment, <laughs> like, obviously, you're annoyed. But did you did you like, get in the locker room, or maybe it took a week or two, and say, so, you know what, that's truly one of the great penalties in NFL
2: history? <laughs> um i was uh i was very embarrassed for a for a long time from that play <laughs> and um it was because of the uh the look that coach reed gave me for getting kicked out of that game and um honestly i uh, i still i i can't necessarily say that i find it funny but there it, it is comical how the the events kind of <laughs> unfolded there uh it, it was just um yeah, I think that uh, when when it's all said and done, I can kind of say that, yeah, I threw a flag on a ref. But for right now, man, I uh, I had to apologize to that ref a few times or every time I saw him because I felt uh, just a, a bit embarrassed about uh, what I had just done on the field.
1: All right, last one that I want you to talk about what you're working on with Ty. You're known for your fashion sense. Uh, certainly is something that, that you've brought into the league here with, with all the different outfits you've worn over the last 10 years. I'm curious, who on the Chiefs? Player-wise, has the worst fastness. Who's the guy you're like, man? He needs a stylist in the worst way. Every time you guys get on a plane for a road trip,
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the guys that just uh, that show up to the to the facility and ask the uh, the equipment guys for a Chiefs uh, golf shirt. You know what I mean? The guys that are just wearing the generic uh, Chiefs travel gear stuff so that they don't get yelled at for wearing something too uh, non-business like. One of them being, uh, man, I don't want to throw him under the bus right now, man.
1: Let's well, let's get into what you're doing here, Travis, with Tide. You know, I, I talked to Clay Matthews last week, I know he's working on this initiative with you as well, along with Chase Claypool, some other guys around the league, uh, trying to get people to maybe leave some of their superstitions behind, you know, and, and get some fresher laundry. So, can you talk about what you're doing with Tide, uh, and, and what people should be looking for?
2: You know, it, man, I'm ta- I'm I'm teaming up with Tide in the NFL to tackle superstition, like you just said. Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, everybody has that one item of clothing, whether it's a jersey a sock or an undershirt, that uh, they just don't want to wash because they don't want to wash the lucky off of it. And, uh, and we're here to tell you, uh, with Tide Hygienic Clean and Tide Pods, you don't have to worry about that. Tide will cl- will happily clean your jersey and keep all the luck on your clothes, um, so you don't have to worry about the superstition of, uh, of washing away your luck. And uh, we're teaming up with Tide to, to, to give away a few prizes too. So make sure you check out uh, my Instagram or my TikTok post about Tide Hygienic Clean and, uh, and comment below what you would do to wash that jersey, uh, whether it's, you know, tickets to a game, maybe tickets to a Super Bowl or just memorabilia. Um, come up with something fun and creative, and uh, you might walk away with a few fun uh, grand prizes.
1: Awesome. Well, great stuff, Travis. Uh, go enjoy the rest of uh, your birthday. May it may even be the awkward day that it is for you. Uh, <laughs> you can't see Chiefs <laughs> 3-1. Got Monday night football coming up this week against the Las Vegas Raiders at home. At Arrowhead Stadium before a very interesting game with the Buffalo Bills, Travis. Thanks so much, really appreciate it. And everybody, make sure to check out Travis's new podcast and also, of course, his initiative with Tide.
2: Thank you very much, Matt. We're going to need that uh, the Chiefs Kingdom to be loud and proud this weekend or Monday night, baby.
0: Great interview, Matt Verderham with Travis Kelsey. You did, a, I thought you did a great job. Really interesting questions. Kels is a great interview and shout out to Tide for setting this up for us. Um, I mean, it, look, if we're going to get Travis Kelsey on the show, I'm buying Tide. I'm a Tide man from here on out. They don't need to sponsor the podcast. That's it. That's all I'm washing my clothes in. But a pretty cool initiative that he's got going on with them. Uh, if you're not already following Travis Kelsey on, on Instagram, you should be uh, just for the style tips alone. But make sure you're doing that so you get a chance at some of those prizes. Pretty cool. A um, lot to unpack there. Uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you about, Matt, was the, your question to him about, you know, how the Chiefs are feeling coming out of this game with Tampa. And sometimes in these interviews, right, like, you know, the, they got to be careful. They don't want to say the wrong thing or bring unwanted attention to the team or anything like right. that. Right. And and I thought Travis's answer was was great and not controversial, but I was really happy as a, as a fan to hear him say, like, yeah, like, we're jacked up about it. Like, it, it did feel like we were finally coming together a little bit more than we had. What was your take on that?
1: Yeah, well, it was just honest. Um, I don't think he was like bragging or over the top or anything like that. He was just honest. I think he felt like, look, you know, we, I mean, I'm using his words. We said, we felt really good about that game. And it is a lot of new pieces and it is a lot of new parts and it's a lot of new personalities. And, and there's a, there's a lot that goes into that, not just on the field, but off of it. You could tell he was very happy about the way things are kind of starting to gel now. And maybe they needed a game like that, you know, maybe in some, in a weird way, maybe they needed that Colts game in a weird way too, where it kind of forced them to focus and really made them realize, like, okay, look, you know, we've got to, we got to go out and play our best every week. And they did that you know, on, on, on Sunday Night Football against Tampa. Yeah. I thought um, his answer was illuminating from the standpoint of, you know, he's played in the NFL now for 10 years. And for him to say that was one of his favorite games that he's ever played in, I think speaks volumes. He's played in a lot of football games um, and he's played in some, yeah. he's played the biggest ones there are and he's won them. So for him to say that about a week four game, I think you know how much that came meant to them. Um, but also I think it, it, Shows that hey look, you know they they are kind of finding themselves, and one thing he said that was really interesting was the the part right after that where he talked about, yeah, you know, I think uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but I think maybe we're starting to figure out how defenses want to play us, stuff like that. that I thought was really interesting because if they are figuring that out, they're about to score a whole lot of
0: points, yeah, they are, and, and look, we've talked about this on the podcast. This is a new team on offense in a lot of ways, and they're still finding their identity, and so. You know, because they have Andy Reid and they have Patrick Mahomes and they have Travis Kelsey, they're able to speed up the the transition process, right, and still win football games because there's just so much talent the offensive line. But I think you know that Colts loss was something that could happen and maybe was bound to happen as they started to figure things out. And I think you're right. It's not necessarily a bad thing for them to go through an early season struggle because this team is still figuring out how it wins together and how they play in everybody's role. What's Juju's role? What's MVS's role? They're still all figuring that out. And I think, I mean, we, should, given the schedule that they've had, we should be pretty happy that they're three and one. Back to Travis. I also thought it was a really cool question that you asked him about his brother. Obviously, they've got the podcast going and the chance to go to to the Hall of Fame together. He's Travis is a Northeast Ohio guy, just like myself. So hopefully he'll invite me to the you know his enshrinement. What what was your opinion on on that bit? I thought it was I know how important uh his brother's been in, in his career. Well I you know, look, he's I've watched interviews
1: where he's talked to him before and I or talked about him before in interviews, NFL Films, I think it was, did an interview with the two of them maybe three, four years ago. And he got emotional on it. He's a pretty emotional guy. If you've ever seen the America's game uh documentary He's one of the three people they speak to. Uh, he, along with Tyron Matthew and, and Mahomes, he gets emotional on that. He is very close to his brother. I thought it was pretty cool. I never knew. Uh, maybe it was out there, but I never knew. that The reason he wears 87 is for his brother, the year he was born. So that's pretty oh. neat. By the way, their podcast is hilarious. I don't know if anyone's heard it. New Heights with, yeah. with Jason and Travis Kelsey, obviously based on the idea he was raised in Cleveland Heights. I think they're both Hall of Fame. Oh, Travis Kelsey could retire tonight and he'd be in the Hall of Fame. I think Jason Kelso, he's yeah. probably borderline, but I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I really do. I mean, he's he's one of the true top-tier offensive linemen of the last, I don't know, what, 15 years, 20 years? I mean, if you look at him, I think he's probably – like I'm, I just pulled up his number. He's a four-time first-team All-Pro. He's a five-time Pro Bowler. By the way, he was a first-team All-Pro last year, and he was a Pro Bowler. It's so not bad considering he's 34 years old. Like He's, he's a, a champ. champ. Yeah, I, he – he probably, like, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I think that's that's a pretty damn good uh, batch of credentials. So, so I think I think all told, yeah. uh, the Kelsey brothers have done just fine for themselves. And look, how crazy would it be if they saw each other in the Super Bowl?
0: Yeah, I mean, that would that be, would be something. Well. You have, you'd have um, that
1: storyline, if those two teams got together in the Super Bowl, you'd have the Kelsey brothers and you'd have Andy Reid against the Eagles. So right. there'd be no shortage yeah. of a talking points uh, for those two weeks.
0: Yeah, I l- really like Jason Kelsey's game. For for a while there when the Chiefs were looking for help, I was actually hoping he would come to Kansas City. I yeah. thought it would be fun for those guys to be on the same team. He's so athletic. You know, if you've ever watched him, he'll be down 30 yards down the field throwing blocks in some situations. I mean, he hustles like he's he's a great, great player. Um, I gotta ask about the question about him throwing the flag on the ref. I thought it was a really a super mature answer from Travis. And and look, like he's He's doing the right thing. He's got to be a leader. It's important, right? He he doesn't want to let his teammates down. I was really struck that about what he said about the look that Andy Reed gave him when he walked off the field. And when I listened to the interview earlier, which you also could have heard earlier if you were an aerohadatic member, just consider it. I went and I watched that play again for a laugh. And I also wanted to see if they showed Andy Reid. And it's one of the things I love about Andy. He wasn't shouting, he wasn't throwing his clipboard, he wasn't going crazy. He just was looking at Travis and I saw what Travis was, what he meant. You know, like there was like a look of disappointment. He was kind of staring him down. And when Travis came over, he put his hand on his chest. He said a few words to him and whatever he said, I think made an impact on Travis. As he mentioned, what was your thought about that interaction? And, and by the way, I still think it's hilarious. I know he can't say it, but I, as a fan, hilarious. That he
1: laughed at the question, I, I think he kind of knows it's hilarious. I asked him that because I thought, first of all, I, I mean, that penalty is, a, if you asked me to name one penalty in the Chiefs history, that would be the one. Like, as far as just ridiculous, like, comedic fodder, that would be it. Yeah, Travis has been known to do some things that have gotten attention, whether it's that or there was a certain hand gesture on Sunday night like football against Denver years ago. He's not been afraid to express himself over the years, but what struck me and has struck me about him for a long time is early on in his career, as great as he was, he was so volatile that he would take penalties in dumb spots. I remember in the in the Pittsburgh game years ago in the playoffs, he took a personal foul in that game. You know, just shoved the guy over. And, like, that was stuff that, you know, there was even – it might even have been after that game. I think it was after that game where he kind of questioned Andy Reid to the media about, like, the play calling and different – like, he – early in his career, as great as he was, he said some stuff – that, and did some stuff that you' like travis man why like what that has completely stopped the last five years completely i can't even remember like the last in fact i think the last time he got a personal foul for something like that was against the Eagles in the regular season um, after a touchdown he just he's become such a role model and a leader emotionally and on the field you know with his talent and that's something where i can't remember seeing a guy have that big of a transformation. And I'll also say this for him. You know he must be a relentlessly hard worker because he is 33 years old and he's, he's 11th in the, in the league in receiving. Like, it's insane. Right. Like, he's still, and God knows by the end of the year if he's healthy, he'll be top 10, he'll have 1,300 yards. I mean, it's just every year people say the last couple of years it's been like, well, once you're going to fall off, this has got to be the year. Not, it turns out it's not this year either. Like, just, just rolling. And by the way, because of how he gets himself open, which he says he takes the most pride in, he'll be good for a long time. Because he's such a right. great route runner. That's why Jason Witten was great for like almost literally until like his late 30s. That's why Tony Gonzalez at the end of his career was great. Those guys know how to use leverage, read defenses, and Kelsey's as good at that as anybody I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, it, guys like him that can run routes like that, if he wants to play for a long time, he could have three, four years at the end of his career where he turns in you know, 700 yard receiving seasons and, and, and he is as a threat in the red zone and he can really put a cherry on top of his all of him career. But let's not talk about that right now. Cause he's still performing at the highest level of any tight end in the NFL. Fantastic interview. Again, if you're interested in content like this, getting early access, being a part of our Arrowhead ad community and discord, check out the link in the description about becoming a member of this podcast. Shout out to all of our members already who make things like this possible by supporting our show all right let's get back to the raiders all right man oh but wait wait before we get back to the raiders there's a huge piece of chiefs news that i totally forgot to mention at the top of the show way bigger than this kelsey interview way bigger than monday night football chris conley man it's back is he's back. on the practice squad <laughs> so so he returns along with marcus kemp you know the, the Chiefs have to have somebody on the practice squad. These are these guys are as good as any, right? Kemp's a good special teams player. Conley knows the system a little bit. Um, were you surprised to see that name come walking back to the door? He's still only twenty nine. Obviously, hasn't. I don't know. Do Do you think he's lived up to his third round draft stock in his career? I mean, probably not.
1: But like, he also hasn't been a bad. Like, if you're a third round receiver and you've played the league now for like eight years, I mean, there's worse things in the world. Right. I mean, if you've been in the league for eight years, yeah. you're at least yeah. decent. He had 775 sure. yards in 2019 with Jacksonville, which I tweeted out earlier. Like that equates yeah. to like 5,000 yards with Mahomes in one year. So
0: yeah.
1: I'll tell you one thing I like about it. And I have no idea. Look, maybe Chris Conley's here for five days and they, they cut him. Chris Connolly is one of the smartest guys I can ever remember being on the Chiefs. And if there's one thing about Mahomes, if he trusts you, he'll throw the ball to you. Chris Connolly always had good hands. He was always smart. wasn't always the best separator, but he was a big-bodied guy. Who, by the way, the first like great Mahomes throw that people think of, at least that I think of, is that throw against the Niners in the regular season. Right? We like he scrambles and loops back around, then throws the ball it feels like a hundred miles an hour, and Chris Conley caught That's it great. back at the end zone. So, look, do I do I think all of a sudden Chris Conley is going to come in here and have like five hundred yards? No, I, I don't. But he's a familiar face. He's somebody Mahomes knows. They were on the same team together for two years. And I, I think if you're the like, Chiefs, why not? Right. I mean, he, and, and Andy knows him. Andy, Andy was the one who drafted him. So yeah, I think it's a cool story. And if, and if he ever gets back out there and he, and he has a couple of receptions and all that, hey, great. That's awesome. But yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, there's no downside to it
0: Yeah, as far as emergency options go. Yeah. And that's exactly yeah. what Conley is at this point, right? They, they, they moved on from Corey Coleman, not a fit for whatever reason, you bring a guy like Conley back, he knows the system. It's midseason. You hope probably you don't have to ever put him on the roster and get him out on the field with all the guys you got there now, but things happen as we see. So it's not, uh, it's never a bad idea to have an old friend that somebody that your quarterback has chemistry with on the roster. So back to Chiefs Raiders. Let's get to our keys to the game. Veraram, what is your key to the game for the Chiefs in this one?
1: <laughs> I, I guess I was going to just say literally just execute what you want to do and they'll win. But I, I guess, I would say to not give up explosive plays on defense. To me, that's just – that's the way the Raiders win this game. Deep balls down the field, quick strikes. I mean, you reeled off all those drives you had against Denver. They can't score touchdowns. touchdown. Like, I, to me – like Carr, and Carr, by the way, has never been particularly good in the red zone, ever. So, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm not letting them get over the top. I'm playing a lot of two-deep looks. I'm not letting Adams beat me. And if they're going to throw a bunch of balls to Renfro underneath – a lot of – Fine eventually that well is going to run dry. So you just, you have to keep the top on and not let it become one of these. Hey, we busted the coverage and it went for 70. Can't, you know, there's an old saying in football, nothing cheap and nothing deep. And that, that would be how I would describe what they need to do on defense on, on Monday night.
0: I'm with you. That was one of my keys. Don't, don't let them have the big play. Don't let them go over the top. Don't let Devonte Adams get behind you. Keep everything in front of you, make them earn it, make them work for it. I'm fine with that. Uh, and then of course, just, don't turn the ball over. I mean, that's an easy key to any game, but this is a game where that that's how I think the Chiefs would lose this game. I, I don't see a situation where the Raiders just come out and whip their butts. So don't make it easy on an inferior team. Come out, take care of your business, execute. Don't give up the big plays, and they should be fine. You know, this is a Monday night football game. There's going to be a lot of energy. I think if the Chiefs can come out in this one and really put it to them early, I, I think this is a team that... Because of their defense and how good it is this year so far, they're really, and and the way they're playing offense, they're really made to play with a lead. Like they're really well suited to be out in front and put a lot of pressure on a team. Because as as opposed to some of the previous Patrick Mahomes teams that were so explosive and they'd go out there and they'd, you know, three, three plays and they'd score a touchdown, now they're running the football, they're eating a lot of clock. You know they're 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 dinking and dunking their way down the field, and so if you get behind on these guys when you got to go up against that defense, you're in trouble. So I think that's a, that's a really good you know for the Chiefs jump on them early. Look what happened to Tampa Bay. Those guys as soon, as soon as they fall behind, they just stopped running the ball. I mean, they ran what three times or something? The whole game is well, insane. Yeah, right. They ran
1: right. They they gained three yards on five carries. But the other thing I would say in this game from the other side of the ball, you have to just mitigate Crosby in this game. I, I, anybody else, fine. Whatever. I know Chandler Jones has been good. Chandler Jones has no sacks this year. He's been a great player throughout his career. He's done nothing this season. If I'm the Chiefs, I don't mind Wiley and Crosby going head to head, but like if you need to chip, chip, whatever. I Look, to me, that that's the game it, on offense because if he can't get home and wreck the game, like I'm not saying this from a fan's perspective. I'm honestly not. I'm really coming at this from like just how I'd analyze any game. The Raiders just can't cover them. There's just—they have no ability in the back seven to cover Kansas City. They don't have interior guys defensively who you worry about who are going to push the pocket. Like as much as we talked about the Colts, the, she should have killed them, and they should have. Okay, the Colts had some guys up front who could play. I mean, in Gakway and Stewart inside and Buckner inside, like they—they they have real guys up front. The Raiders' edge rushers are real guys. Their interior is not good. If Perriman doesn't play, those linebackers are brutal. Like their 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 secondary play is not. A, a top level secondary i mean it, it's at best it's middling um and and i would i would characterize this below average if you're the chiefs in this game if you can just widen those edges and give them home some time they, they can't cover them i i would be, i will be shocked in this game if the chiefs block crosby and handle jones and they they don't score over 30 points in this game i just don't see an a, an avenue other than the chiefs just completely self-destructing
0: yeah, and it's something interesting about this Raiders defense. The, the Broncos, who, if you've watched them, if you've had the unfortunate experience to oh, watch and the you're Broncos the this again season, tonight, prime been, time. Oh my yeah, god! That's oh right. My. That's right. The
1: third time in five weeks.
0: They've been a disaster uh, on offense, right? And in this game against the Raiders, KJ Hamler had a 55-yard pass. Jerry Judy went four for 53, had a long of 32. Cortland Sutton had five for 52, long of 18. Hinton, I don't even know who that is. Had a thirty five yard pass, and sober had a twenty five yard pass. I, I I I don't know, I don't know who those guys are. Those last did couple. You, uh, did you watch the game? I did not. No,
1: I'm I'm sad to say. And I will tell you, especially in the first half, when Russell Wilson was either eleven of twelve or twelve of thirteen, they were wide open. I mean, wide open. Like if anybody wants to go back and watch the game, I mean, wide like comically open on some of these throws. If they play like that against Kansas City, that game will be over by halftime. Like, they will not hang around. Like, the only reason, quite honestly, Denver didn't blow them out early, was Denver had a few drives that got short-circuited by field goals, and then they they fumbled and it got ran back for a touchdown. If they play like that against Kansas City, it'll, it'll be a bloodletting. I mean, they they just couldn't do anything. And yeah. then what happened, really, Crosby had two sacks in the game. I thought it was indicative of the way the second half went. They were both in the second half. The first one, Crosby ran a stunt. He looped inside. The Broncos just completely neglected to, to account for the fact that he had looped inside. Like nobody even touched him. He sacks Wilson. Then he comes clean off the edge and the Broncos slid their protection and nobody blocked him. Like literally nobody even like accounted for the fact that he might rush on the play. Just bang, slams under the ground, two sacks. I don't worry as much about that against Kansas. Because one thing with the chiefs, like good luck stunting inside against them. Have fun. Uh, the chargers had right. a little success with that early in the game. And then the chiefs adjusted. And that was the end of that. So I think if you're the Raiders, look, you're going to have to rush off the edges. I got to be fair, why they actually played well against Crosby last year. So, we'll see how things go, but to me that's the game. Like Crosby and Jones have to force a fumble. They got to tip a ball up in the Air get it picked. Like it's not going to be enough if they walk out of there and they're like, "Yeah, we sacked them once for a 4-yard loss." That's not you're not winning the game if if that if that happens. You're going to need you're going to need to do more than that to win this game. And Carlos, I appreciate you joining us as a, as a Raiders fan in the chat. Carlos, you're one in three. My God, it, settle down. Uh, I, I mean, you, you blew 20 <laughs> nothing a 20-0 lead to a, to a team that is actively sabotaging itself. The Raiders are going to have to play their best game and the Chiefs are going to have to play a suboptimal game for the,
2: for the Chiefs to lose.
0: All right, let's get to our final score predictions. Let us know in the chat what your final score prediction is for this one. I'll kick Go us off it. this time, Bertram. Uh Listen, last week, I made a big mistake, and I picked against Patrick Mahomes. I said I wanted pick. the Chiefs to show me something. Yeah, I wanted them to show me something, and boy, did they. Uh, and if there's one thing I love being uh, more than being wrong when I pick against the Chiefs, it's being right when I pick them to win. So the Raiders have some juice on offense, but I think the Chiefs are far and away the better team in this one. As long as they avoid any meltdowns like the ones get against the, against the Colts, Casey should roll. I got it Chiefs 30, Raiders 21, so they cover.
1: Is there any honest argument that the Chiefs aren't better than them in every phase of the game no by the way including coaching no where they're, Josh they're Daniels is 6 and 20 in his last 26 games yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I have it 34 to 23 and I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders like if there's like a garbage touchdown in there I I look I respect the fact the Raiders have real weapons I do think if Carr gets time he's dangerous I th- I don't know that he's going to get time in this game the Chiefs have gotten a lot of pressure and Spagnuolo is showing a proclivity he doesn't kill blitz um, and he's blitzed car in the passing's worked. There's a path for the Raiders to win. It's big plays. It's getting off the edge. It's doing all that kind of stuff. It's the Chiefs beating themselves on a few snaps. I just think if the Chiefs play well in this game, and I think, and, and look, I, I tweeted this out. The Chiefs in their last 17 primetime games with Mahomes as the quarterback, because I think there was one with Matt Moore in there, they're 15 and two in those games. In those 17 games, Mahomes has thrown for exactly 4,800 yards, 38 touchdowns, and nine picks. Good luck. So, yeah. I think, and, and they've only lost one of those games at home. It was the Bills game last year when they were all wrecked defensively. Um, I think the Raiders, I think it's, they'll hang in there early. And then I just think it becomes one of these things where it's like the Chiefs get a stop, they score a touchdown, then like maybe they get a turnover, they score again. All of a sudden, it's just like it's it's 30 to 14 or something. You're know, like, all right, game's over. Um, I think the Chiefs will win this game.
0: We'll go to the chat. Uh, Carlos, our resident Raiders fan, says we're going to establish the run and let Adams, Waller, and Renfro bring it home. That's I think that'd be it. the ideal I mean, situation. I will say this, Carlos. I agree yeah, with you. That's the, they... that,
1: that's the That's the path, right? It's 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 getting Jacobs going, yeah. getting short down in distances, play action, all that stuff. They, if they cannot get Jacobs going, they're in for a very long day. Um, they have to do that to to this yeah. point. Nobody's running the ball against Kansas City. Maybe the Raiders can be the first. We'll see.
0: Yeah, um, and I just have to shout out our guy, Angry Drunken German, who said we have, we have vis- we have visitors today in, in reference to our, our resident Raiders fan. Just cracked me up. I don't know why it was so funny. Uh, Edifying says 38-17 Chiefs. Hazel says 34-13 Chiefs. John F. says, is Renfro playing? I think he's questionable, uh, he's John. Uh, Renfro's good player.
1: So it looks like he's trending that way, but uh, he's got a clear protocol completely.
0: Carlos says, 27-24 uh, Raiders. Jacob, two t- TDs. Benjamin says, uh, it won't be a trap game as long as they don't play down to their level. Can't play like they did against the Colts. Amen to that. Um, all right, let's get quickly, before we get out of here, to our listener reviews. As you know, this is not just a YouTube show. If, if you are watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button for us. And make sure you smash the subscribe button. That's what the kids say. Just hammer it. And don't hit it so many times that you accidentally unsubscribed up. This is uh, actually a podcast as well. So you can get it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And what really helps us find new listeners to keep the show going is uh, when you guys leave us a five-star review over at Apple Podcasts. And if you leave us a written review and you ask us a question, we'll answer it on the show. So we got two reviews today. The first one comes from uh, Money Doing It um great pod great chiefs pod i enjoy all the personalities at aa appreciate you uh and then of course our pr manager clint mckenzie by the way shares a birthday yeah happy birthday clint shares a birthday with travis kelsey appreciate you buddy one of our earliest uh listeners he says if you want a sanitized boring chiefs facts if you want sanitized boring chiefs facts stop reading right now and move on this isn't the feed for you Sure, you'll get as much more essential chiefs info here as you will anywhere else. However, you will also enjoy yourself whilst listening. Look at Clint busting whilst. out in the wild. Yeah, right. Uh, these hosts are among the smartest, funniest, and most personable people on the planet. Once you've listened for a while, you'll consider them friends, just as I do. Don't be a schmuck. Just listen. You'll be glad you did. Appreciate you, Clint. And I think that, you know, I want to echo Clint's sentiment. We really do feel like, you know, we're just here. We're chiefs fans. Yeah. We work in the media, but like this podcast is about, is about us being chiefs fans and, and, and hanging out with all of you. So I, it feels like you're, you guys well, so are I our friends with as the well.
1: all the time I have to go to the Super Bowl, the senior bowl, the combine, the draft. And believe me, I, I I'd rather hang out with fans. <laughs> you know why? Cause fans love the game. That's why. Um, and, and that's why I get into this and I, I love doing it. Look, I, I really hope everybody's enjoying the podcast, enjoying the extra content we're putting forth. This year, we've put way more content out than we've ever done before. We have shows pretty much every day of the week. Um, You know, on Monday night, we're going to have a a pregame show, a halftime show, a postgame show. And I really, you know, I hope people are enjoying. You know, we have Travis Kelsey on here. We have Brett Veach on. We, we've had Chris Jones just impromptu, he just stop by after a game as he was recovering from COVID. Uh, you mentioned Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Yeah. You know, Byron Pringle last year. Um, you know, we've brought on yeah. a lot of people. Hopefully, one day we'll get Patrick Mahomes on. We will work on it. So um, I, I hope that that kind of content is something that, that really, you know, not only our personalities but the ability to see these people. That's not on every show. That's not on every podcast. Uh, we work hard to do that. And I, I hope that it, uh, I hope that it really makes it a rewarding experience for all of you.
0: Yeah. Amen to that. Um, Hey, by the way, Verterim, I was, uh, I had a doctor's appointment, so I was uptown and I, I stopped by the dairy queen. Have you, have you tried some of these seasonable blizzards they got? I had a Snickers brownie blizzard That's absolutely i have mind. not
1: i i went to target last night i had to just pick up a few I, I hate target with a patch but i had to pick up a few things um it was open late so i'm like, i'll swing by and i, and I was out of C- count Chocula, and I, so i went in and i went to this like they have this um i don't know what you call it like a like a step in the middle of an aisle basically and they have like boo and yeah. all this and i was like no i don't want i want a i want count chocula and i'm looking and they, they were out of it and so i went up to like three different stock people I'm like listen i know it's back there I've worked at stores like this. <laughs> I worked at stores like this in college, high school, out of college. Like, yeah. don't tell me that there's no more in the back because there's always more in the back. Yeah. Like, and like two of the people were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then one kid was like, all right, I'll go back and look and came out with a box of account. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I'm like, all kid right. I got any cash on If I did, I'd tip you. Uh, well,
0: Yeah. This is a seasonal yeah, thing here. So you know, we can't time. mess around. Right. Right. Um, Beautiful beautiful Hilarious. So I, i'm all
1: set i'm yeah. gonna yeah i didn't crack it open last night i got a home so damn white but i'll have a box or I have a box of a bolt and maybe a box but yeah it, it, you know it is seasonal we seriously though my god we really have to get some kind of a sponsorship here with only of cereal things i mean we've yeah, got to be really i can't do. even get a damn box down at target without without basically just accosting three employees trying to trying to you know get one so yeah. at some point here we've got to look we're driving sales i've had people I've had people right. mail yeah. me count chocolate, which is is a beautiful thing. Right. Shout out Chris right. Albright, who has literally yeah. mailed me cereal before just to say thanks for the pot. Yeah. We got I mean there's gotta be something out there. If they want me to sit here and eat a bowl of cereal on the pot, I'll I'll do that all day long. Just 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 give us some damn money and uh, you know I'm I'm ready to party.
0: You already did that. You lost a I'll bet and you on had every to eat a bowl of the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah right. Yeah, Jeremy, our guy Jeremy knows. He says General Mills, right. Dairy Queen, and Reese's. Yeah, those those three should be lined up with, yeah. with Casey Beer trying that. When, when I go to the Senior pie.
1: Bowl this year, uh, that is sponsored by Reese's of years. My, by the way, look the Senior Bowl they do a great job with that. But my God, the best part of that, other than of course like the actual job of, of covering the game and stuff, it is you yeah. get all the free Reese's you want. Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, I'm going to coma by like day oh, three. Oh. But yeah. I will have to yeah. find some Reese's executives down there. And just be like, look, man, or you know, or, or, or woman or whatever. I like, look, Reese's executive, you're going to sponsor this, okay? You're gonna, Like, yeah. here's a picture of my hotel. And I'll, I'll lay out all the Reese's that I steal over the course of the week. I'll lay it out <laughs> in the bed like it's one of those monster yep. movies where they lay out all the guns. And I'll just lay out like 300 <laughs> Reese's right, right. peanut butter cup. Like, listen, I'm going to take another picture of this at the end of the week, and it's always going to be rappers. If I do that yeah. – and I, yeah. and I basically put myself in a diabetic shock here over the course of the next seventy two hours. Will you sponsor the pod? And if they're willing to step up, <laughs> I'm willing to go to the hospital. So let's make it happen.
0: Yeah, let's make it happen indeed. I hope you all are are enjoying the spooky season. Um yeah, John, Casey beer is only sold in uh, in in Kansas and parts of Missouri. So, um, but they're ho- hopefully, they'll be able to expand their distribution soon. Um, you got to get out to KC. You got to catch the Chiefs game. We you gotta got to go down to out. the beer hall. Say hi to Steve Forth. Yeah. Yeah. We're going out. We'll figure it out. Um, all right, everybody. We got to get out of here. Yeah, we're we're right. well past the hour mark. You guys have been friggin' awesome. Um, again, if you want to hang out with us, uh, be part of our Chiefs community that we're building here at the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Check out the membership link. We're going to be watching Thursday night football, maybe with our eyes taped shut. Uh, but we'll be hanging out in the Discord. By the way, people are doing, they're doing deep fakes in the Discord. Have you seen yeah, this? Somebody yes. made you, our guy Flapjack made you Scarface. I've been, I've been worse. Thanks. Funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun happening in the Discord and it's not just Chiefs football, it's movies and all that stuff. So um, thank you to all of our members. Thank you to all of you, whether this is the first time you're watching or the 10th time. And we will be back. Jeez, we're, we're, Verta will be back tomorrow um we'll do That's a little film already. friday on friday days. action it's, it's already, already. Friday right, we're on
1: thursday. thursday apparently it's up there and then we'll be back i'll be back sunday on Sack in the box uh for the pregame show from 11 yep. to noon central and then we are going to have enough coverage on monday to choke a horse so uh we're good, we're good to go yeah
0: Yeah, we'll see you on Monday night, but make sure you follow Stack in the Box, Vertoram's National NFL Podcast. All right, for Matt Verderam, for our producer, Richard, my name is Patrick Allen. We will see you guys on Monday before the game for the pregame show. But until then, have a good rest of your Red Friday and go Chiefs.